Welcome to the Life of Christ, uh, Term 3, and this is Lesson 28. We're going to pick up where we left off, and that was uh, in Chapter 4 and Page 38. We just finished looking um, at Exodus 4, verses 4 and 5, and I just read the commentary on that in the Full Life Study Bible. And let me just reread that because there's so much in that. I want to actually talk about it, which is the reason why I just stopped there. It says that miraculous signs served the purpose of confirming the message and ministry of Moses. Miraculous signs served the purpose of confirming the message and ministry. The message and ministry. Amen? You see, sometimes you can say a lot of stuff. But you know what? Sometimes people want to see something. They want to say, they, they want, they're asking you, how do we know this is real? A lot of people are saying a lot of stuff. How do we know what you're saying is real? Amen? And this is the reason why this, is, this was so important. That when Moses said, how are they going to know it was you? They're going to say, well, you can make up whatever you want and say, you know, this person talked to you, that person talked to you. How am I going to prove to them it was you? Amen? And so that's when Jesus began to do things. And again, we need to understand that a lot of times, signs are not for you. They're for other people. If you, if you are not convinced, you're not going to have this conversation to begin with, with the Lord. Do you understand? Amen? It takes faith to have this conversation. Okay, that's why Hebrews talks about that. That we must believe that He is, and that He is a reward of those that diligently seek Him. Okay? So we need to understand that He does exist. Amen? And that takes faith. And it took faith for Moses to, to see, to know, to understand. Now he's saying, okay, I know you're real. But they need to know you're real. Amen. And so there are times when, and this, this is a, a very fine line. If you say, God, I need for you to do something to let them know you're real. You need to be clear that it is for them, not for you. Don't play games with God. If you're having doubts about Him, go into your prayer closet and you work that out. Don't go out on the field and try and prove Him. Try to make Him do stuff. You're going to come home with egg on your face. Do you understand? See, this is why sometimes we don't know. We think, oh, why didn't God do that? Why didn't God do that? And, you know, that person was out doing stuff for God. And how come God didn't come through? Well, it depends what was actually going on. We don't know what, that's why, you know, don't look at somebody else's life and determine how you're going to live your life. And whether you're going to have faith or not. Please don't, because you don't know what was going on in their screwy little brain. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it like that, okay? You, you know, you think people look so normal on one hand. And they can be so messed up. Are you all here? So please don't base your faith and your believing on... You know, brother, do that, or sister, whatever you call it. You know, whatever. Don't go there. Because you don't know. You will never know the whole story. Amen? God may do incredible things on your behalf. If only you took the step. If only you walked by faith. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me continue. 
So again it says here, miraculous signs served the purpose of confirming the message and ministry of Moses. The manifestation of such, such signs is also God's intention for his people under the new covenant. It is God's intention. See, uh, you know how you get these emails about how things go wrong and how God has a good reason behind it and a purpose and everything else. If this is your favorite story, I really am sorry. Okay, <laughs> but there was a story that once was circulated about this. I, now I don't know all the details exactly, so if I get some things wrong, forgive me. All right, but you get the general gist of where this is going. Uh, you know, this this I think it was a king or something had a servant who believed in God, and you know, and and he was always talking about how God, you know, is good and you should believe in God and everything else. And the king goes out and there's a bear that came at him and mauled him and, you know, bit a hand off or something. And, you know, he said, what's this kind of God that will allow this to happen? And, you know, the servant says, oh no, king, there's always a reason and everything. And then later on, you know, there was this whole, uh, he, this king was surrounded by this certain tribe or something of cannibals or whatever, you know, and or, or something like that. And and anyway, because he had lost a hand, he was not fit for their offering. So they let him live because he was damaged. And so it was like, so you see then that God will sometimes do things you don't like and may hurt you and damage you and stuff and so on and so forth. You know, because somewhere down the line, that will be a blessing to you. And everybody goes, yeah, amen, amen, brother. Oh, that's right, amen. Ah. I was looking at thinking, you've got to be kidding me. God could have stopped the bear, and God could have stopped the whole tribe. That would have been a miracle. This is ridiculous. The things that people come up with to justify their beliefs is ridiculous. You know, but they, they try to give examples that people can grab a hold of so that they can say, this bad thing that I'm going through, God is making it happen to me. Because He loves me, and He can see into my future. And He knows this is good for me. <laughs> oh, let me throw up in a bag. Listen to me, man. You know what that tells you? People don't know God. They don't know what's available to them. And it goes back to a scripture. My people are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They are eating garbage like this and swallowing it for a lack of knowledge. <laughs> Amen? So please, everybody in this church, don't do that. You read stuff like that, just... <laughs> you know, if God can do stuff like this, if God can get a bear to maul this guy, think about this, we're already using a supernatural power to do damage. Why can't that supernatural power use to stop and heal and protect? What is it about that messed up thinking that goes down that road? Are you all here? Always think and see beyond what people are saying. Amen? It is so very important that we just don't let people lead us. You make a bad assumption and everything else that follows is wrong. And see where it's coming from. I always think it's hilarious the way people will use, excuse me, God's supernatural abilities and supernatural powers to do dumb things. Why not take that one step further? Just like they say, oh, you see, God used evolution to bring things. Like, seriously? Like, really? Why not start and finish something? 
Why, why, why start something and go, oh, now, you know what, I'll let... That is, that is a contradictory statement. I'll let evolution... Come. It's like, that's dumb. If I can create something, I'm not going to make a wire and say, let it evolve into a computer now. <laughs> Duh! Oh, I mean, how dumb is that? You take that person and put him in a little rubber room. Because he's too stupid to work in the company. Amen! I have to get off my soapbox. Okay, I'm off the box. Alright, <laughs> we're back again. Please think. That's all I'm saying to you. Alright. Let's move on. We're never going to get past this page otherwise. Alright. Um, and again, this is why Jesus says in Mark 16, 17, and again I said, if, you're, if your heart is right, if you're saying, God, I need you to do something here, He will do it. Again, not to prove Himself to you, but to prove to everybody else what you're saying is right. Amen? And it's not a pride thing either, because you love people and you want to save them. Alright. Now, although the Israelites believed the signs, Pharaoh didn't. It's always a dumb one in the crowd. And wouldn't allow the Israelites to go and worship God for just a few days. That's all they ask. We just, they, I just always read that and think, oh, they just want to keep going. No wonder Pharaoh wants to do this. But they just said, you know, we just want to go for a little while out into the desert, worship God, and come back. Can you imagine how they would have come back? Because they would have got a renewed sense of purpose. Amen. And you know something? When you get to meet God truly, you become a better worker. You really do. Because whatever you can't do, you pray and you say, God, I need help with this. Can you imagine? Pharaoh would have had a workforce that was plugged into God. Imagine the stuff they would have come up with. He would have been the most famous Pharaoh of all. Instead of being the biggest idiot of all. I'm sorry to say. Seriously, okay? Which then led... To the Lord having to humble and ultimately destroy Pharaoh's kingdom one plague at a time. There was ten of them, okay? And even after Pharaoh finally let him go, or let them go, he changed his mind and pursued them. And so to guard the Israels during both the day and the night, we see another of the Lord's extraordinary appearances. With Exodus chapter 13 verses 21 and 22 saying, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. Can you see this? This is incredible, isn't it? Shade in the summer. Okay, while it's hot, you got a pillar of cloud. You know, isn't it brilliant? It just, uh, the Lord says, oh, I'll be an umbrella, don't worry about it. No sunstroke, don't have to put the sunscreen on, I'm there. Alright? And by night, in a pillar of fire, to give them light, so as to go by day and night. Can you just imagine in between that? So it's getting dusk. Are we a cloud or a, a fire now? Can you imagine the way the change would have taken place? Ever so gradually, when the cloud would turn into more and more fire as it got darker and darker. And they just had light and warmth leading the way. And this is all Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Huh? He says, don't worry about it, I'll look after you. But in fact, it was the same pillar from which the Lord also spoke to Moses. In other words, this pillar of cloud and fire were constant standing miracles. Not only acting as proof of the Lord's presence, love, and care for His people, but also as a manifestation of God's guiding presence in time of need. 
There's a mouthful there. Okay, there's so much there. Some of these statements you just need to meditate on and understand this is who the Lord is for you. Amen. It's just always there for you. That's why some people, the more they get to know God, they just have this love for Him that is just so strong and so powerful. You know, and they just have a little smile on their face. And you can't upset them, man. You just can't upset them. See, that's the way you know a really, a person that really is locked into God as opposed to a religious person. Religious people, let me preach you for a minute. Religious people are into their feelings. They feel God, and then they get upset when you do something wrong, and oh, I'm so upset, and they carry on, and then they feel God again, and oh, oh just, mm. that is an emotionally unstable person. Stay away from them. Okay, they're on glory cloud one day, and they're in hell the next. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? A person that truly has an experience with the Lord, truly, that is locked into the Lord, will always have a smile on their face. You know why? Can I tell you why? Not because they're stupid, because they know something huge, something powerful, is looking after them, that loves them beyond words. And they just know that if, if something goes wrong, it's whoever makes it go wrong, they're in trouble, not you. You look at God and go, I feel sorry for them. Please don't you know, take it out on them too much. Rather than going, get him God, kill him, take revenge. <laughs> okay? You don't do that because you just feel this presence of God around you, this protection around you, and you always feel like God's just looking after you. And he's standing there looking at the devil and looking at the circumstances, looking at anything opposition, any opposition coming towards you and going, what? Well, he turns around and says to you, Kuchi, 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 and looks back and goes, What? <laughs> Do you understand? So you're kind of like, <laughs> You know, looking dumb here. But you know, you just have this sense of, Hey, everything is fine. Even when it looks terrible out there, it'll be okay. Because God's bigger than all of it. And he'll take care of it. And it doesn't matter if other people believe it or not, it, as long as you believe. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus said, if you believe? He didn't say if you and everybody that's around you believe, then it'll happen. So don't let other people's negativity and unbelief short-circuit your miracle. And don't get all upset when people don't believe and you go, oh, they didn't believe, what's wrong with them? Just, you know, that's their fault. That's where they're living. That's not where you live. And don't get in the strife. Because it will take you to their place. Stay away from strife. Stay away from judging people. Sometimes it's so easy, you know. I have to. I look sometimes and I see people going through some stuff, and I feel so looked after, and I almost want to say something, and I shut up. Because if I if I utter those words, can I utter some words to teach you? Okay. If I utter the words. Oh, see, they're probably not following God like we're following God. Because look at their life. I mean, it's all the mess and they're just falling apart. And, you know, there's probably something wrong with them. And they say they're this and they say, but, you know, check their life out. I mean, that's what they do. If I start that, all my blessings will just fall on the ground. So I've learned to shut up. Just be happy where you are. Pray from where you are for them. But don't judge them. Just leave it alone. Do you hear me? I've learned that. I can give you a million reasons. I'm just telling you, just believe me. 
That's why Jesus says, don't judge, just don't judge, just don't go there. Amen? Okay, back to this. Alright, and following this extraordinary event, let me just follow on here. We get to see how the Lord fights for His people. When Pharaoh changes his mind and decides to go after the Israelites... Can I just stop here for a minute? If you're reading this in Exodus, you are going to get confused. Because sadly, the English translation of this whole, of all of Exodus is terrible. They don't understand all the tenses and all the phrases and all the stuff in the Hebrew to write it properly. So you get on one hand, and then, you know, Pharaoh did this, and then God did that, and God made Pharaoh do this. And then you think, well, if God made Pharaoh, then why is God just killing him then, on the other hand, when he made him do this? And you just, you, you, you miss what all is actually happening. So, you know, I'm going to get Catholic on you, and say, be careful, <laughs> when you read Exodus, it can drive you a little nuts. Okay, because it almost doesn't make sense. A lot of the Old Testament, um, and let me give you a key to help you understand. Point number one, the Bible was not written in King James. Point number two, the Bible was not written in English. You go, God, duh, that's the same thing. No, no, no. All the English, English translations are still English. They are not Hebrew. Do you hear what I'm saying? And in the Hebrew, and this is why it's so important that you, you understand, there is a depth to their language that we, we can't even fathom almost. There are things that they say and ways that they say things and tenses that don't, we, in the English we don't have them. So we kind of write stuff that almost sounds dumb, contradictory, that an atheist looking at it goes, this is ridiculous. I mean, who wants to believe in this stuff anyway? We know it's written by man, because look how dumb it is. Alright? But if you read it in the Hebrew, it would make all the sense in the world. If you understood the nuances and everything else. So what are those nuances? You need to understand that there are times when God will put something in front of someone. Alright? And they may make a decision, or they may, have, they may want to be bad. Now, let me give you a little, little uh, lesson here. The Bible tells us that the heart of a king or rulers are in the hand, in the palm of God. Okay? Now understand where that's coming from. What that is saying is that as much as a person has a right to make a decision, the ultimate law in the universe, who is God, is going to take an active role in some of those things. Alright? Now, He can't stop you from making a bad decision, but He can stop you in your timing of that decision. When you make the decision, how it's going to affect people. Because He also has promised His people He's going to look after them. So as you're... Again, I don't know if you can follow this. If you can, follow it. If you can't, don't worry about it. It's kind of late at night. Okay? <laughs> I get that. But... If we could see into the heart and minds of people, if we could see the way God sees someone, and he's begin to see, He begins to see a darkness developing on the inside, they're going to make bad decisions. They're going to do and say stuff and cause all sorts of problems to His people. You, okay? God has the ability to just go in there and throw something around it so He kind of can't quite... Have you had times when you just can't clearly see something? You know it's there, but you just can't see it? That's the exact opposite of what... That's what the devil does to stop you from doing what is right. And it is what God can do to stop a bad person doing what is wrong. But just hold them back long enough for you to get away. 
And then if it is in your heart to do that, if it is your will to do something, he'll just take the covers off. And then suddenly you'll see it. And that is what happens to Pharaoh every single time. It isn't that God is making him do anything. It's Pharaoh who is deciding things inside of him and God's not taking the covers off. He can't, won't let him see straight until a certain appointed time. And he says, fine, do what you want. And so the Bible says, and then God made Pharaoh do that. It doesn't, it, God never made Pharaoh do anything. God can't make anyone do anything. If he could make people do stuff, he'll make them all get saved. To catch my drift, you just, you've got to follow that through, man. Okay, you can't do that. Alright, but what he can do is confuse them enough that they don't know what they're thinking until suddenly they go, what did I just do? I just let all these people go. I was having a dumb moment. Get the chariots, let's go after him. Do you, you see what I'm trying to say? And this is what God will do. How do you write that? Now, now let's see it from the person that's writing it. How do you write that? Hmm? How do you write that in a sentence where people can understand that? And then have it translated into another language and get it right. <clears throat> One of the things that you know, people that have, uh, well, you know, bilingual and whatever, you can speak more than one language. Sometimes you can't translate some things. There are certain sayings and quirky things. You just can't. You say it in English and they go, what's so funny about that? Yeah, well, in my language, it's funny. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, it's just like the rhythm, the rhyme is gone. You know, you, you bring it out into another language and it's just gone. It just drops dead. Okay? But in your language, it has great meaning. Somebody else looks at it like you're funny in the head. What do you do with that when there's a whole Bible written? in a rhythm and a rhyme that you can't translate into the language that you speak so you're not getting it. And so you get stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Can I say that and leave it there? Okay, alright. Alright. So, that's the reason why I put things the way I put things. With that understanding, I'm just giving you the, the high points here. Alright? So let me go back to this now. So following this extraordinary event, okay, Pillar by day, uh, cloud of you know, cloud by day and a fire by night. All right, we get to see again how the Lord fights for His people now. When Pharaoh changes his mind, decides to go after the Israelites, with the Lord saying in Exodus chapter fourteen, verses sixteen through eighteen. I'm on page thirty-nine now. Lift up your rod, okay, which had pre- previously been used to bring in all the different plagues on the Egyptians. Same rod, and He says, and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Wow. Verse 18. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. God is going, they'll know it's me. I'm the one. Okay? The Spirit-filled life Bible, there's more, there's more to come, wait for it, alright, says, the Egyptians had to learn that God, or more accurately, the pre-incarnate Christ, was no desert God, but the God of all the elements. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Which we'll see when the Lord calms the storm and walks on water. He was God of everything. Alright? We haven't seen half of what He could do. I'm not kidding. I think that it would astonish us what he would be able to do. And if John didn't write the thing about the water and the wine, we would never know. None of the others wrote that. It's an extraordinary thing. 
extraordinary thing from a from a scientific point. That's an extraordinary thing, truly, you know, truly. Anyway, the the yeah. Anyway, so and so in the next two verses. That's Exodus 14, verses 19 and 20. We go on to see how the Lord once again supernaturally protects His people. By saying, and the angel of God... Now notice the capitals, alright? I didn't put those capitals in, they're already in there, alright? Referring to the pre-incarnate Christ, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went before them, being an advanced guard, and stood behind them, becoming their rear guard. So He was in front and behind Watch this now, alright? So it came, watch this, it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, it was a cloud and darkness to the one, okay, to the Egyptians, they couldn't see anything. <laughs> right? It became the curse to them, alright? And then, this is incredible, isn't it? And it gave light by night to the other, that's the Israels, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. See, God had to look after that too. So the so while the Israelites had light and warmth and fire, the Egyptians are going, we can't see a darn thing. Who turned out the light? Isn't it brilliant? So he's a cloud for the Israelites by day, because they need a cloud. But he takes that cloud and shoves it on the Egyptians at night. <laughs> can, you, can you just imagine this? And they can't see anything, they don't have lights, nothing, nothing works in there. I'm a movie person, you know, I see all of this and it's just, wow. And so they're wandering around all night, not getting any sleep, aimlessly thinking, I don't know where we are, I don't know, bear could come and maul us, or whatever is out there. We don't know, we can't see anything. And so they're freaking out all night, and the Egyptians, and the Israelites are like, yeah baby, roast another marshmallow in there. <laughs> Hello, amen. Praise God, huh? I wanted to see all this to understand when God says, don't be afraid. When He says, I'm your rear guard. Huh? Don't think I'm allowing your enemies to make plans. I'm causing all sorts of confusion to come to them. I'm causing them to be walking around blindly. Huh? And when it's advantage to us, I'll pull the cloud up. Just in time to bring the waters and drown them all. <laughs> continue to pursue you. They can go back the other, any time they could have gone back. Any time. What dope has that happened to them and stays there all night just to go after these guys the next day. I would, you know, I'd have a good eight, nine hours to think about this and go, this is a really bad idea, isn't it? And I'm sure all of the captains would have gone, oh, thank God, we don't believe in him, but thank God you came to your senses. Let's go home. Some people, and I want you to understand something, no matter how stubborn people are, no matter how much they will for your destruction, God is still bigger. And all they're doing is creating their own destruction. That's why you feel sorry for them. I'm going to have to finish in about a minute, so let me see if I can finish this. Alright. The Full Life Study Bible says that God's pillar of fire flooded with light the way across the sea so that the Israelites could cross over. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, they just got to see exactly where they were going. Alright? But that's not all. 
and I don't have time to go on to the next part. We will pick this up um, next week because there's a fair few verses here. This is when the um, Egyptians follow them in and they're all drowned. Again, the Egyptians had every opportunity to turn around and go back home. Just like all those people that are coming against you have every opportunity to stop their pursuit. And if they continue, it'll be to their detriment. Amen? Like I said, feel sorry for them, not for you. It's bad when a Christian feels sorry for themselves. Okay, let's stop there and let's pray.